church, let's sing. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done.
Happy Mother's Day and glad to have you here with us. Glad to have those of you who are joining with us online. Just know that we're on all those different social media platforms. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter at HBC Tullahoma. We're on YouTube at Highland Baptist Tullahoma, as well as our phone live streaming uh, that we have there. If you want that number, please call the church office uh, at 931-455-0645. If you're here in person and need that information, we'll be glad to give that to you personally. If you're at home there, be sure to go to our church website, highlandbaptistchurch.com. Uh, just a few tabs over is the info tab. Under that info tab is where you can download the worship bulletins. Uh, if you're here in person, our ushers will be glad to come around and to give you one of those. If you'll just raise your hand and keep it raised, they'll come around uh, and give you one of these bulletins. Uh, if you want one of the children's worship bulletins here in person, they're in the windowsill over here online. You can download them under that info tab there also, as well as you can download the newsletter and the prayer list for this week. So I encourage you to take the time uh, to do those things and to uh, join with us uh, there in worship, just as if you were here in person with us. So, so glad to have so many here with us this morning. We know a lot of people are, some are out, some are in visiting, and so we're glad to have all those who are guests with us this morning. Uh, if you're one of our guests this morning, we want to encourage you uh, to pick up one of the bags at the side here or at the back as you leave. Uh, it's just a gift of appreciation that we want to say thank you so much uh, for being here with. Uh, there's some information about our church in it as well as uh, some gifts that we wanted to give to you to say thank you for being here with us this morning. So uh, let's worship this morning. Brother Mike, if you'll come and lead us. Stand with the choir this morning. Stretch your legs a little bit. Praise the Lord by singing hymn number three, Worthy of Worship, all three verses.
Amen. As we come this morning to our missionary moment, we want to recognize Angela Dawson, who is one of our missionaries who is serving uh, on the field in Thailand. Uh, many years ago, she accepted the call to the mission field as a single woman, uh, and there were a lot of sacrifices along with that. Uh, that she had to make, and, and so she is uh, single still. Uh, but she, the ministry that she is doing there uh, has been able to reach out to teenage girls uh, whose families found them burdensome uh, and abandoned them and who have found their way to her home. And uh, on their own, they call her mom. And that arrangement provides some great opportunities there for her to share the gospel. Uh, and we know that uh, that's even true here for us uh, even this morning as we'll share in just a moment too. But we want to uplift her uh, in prayer as she is serving there in Thailand as well as of our missionaries uh, who are serving all around North America and even around the world. So let's go to the Lord in prayer for our missionaries. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much for the blessings that you have given to us. Father, we thank you for uh, people like Angela Dawson who have accepted the call uh, to missions. Father, who uh, are seeking to serve you even amidst the sacrifices that they have had to make in going to serve on the mission field. So we just ask, Lord, for your hedge of protection to be about her and all of our missionaries. We ask, Lord, that you would uh, just surround them with your, your, your hedge of protection, that you will fill them with your presence, that they will have a peace that passes all understanding, that you will lead them and guide them each and every step of each and every day. Use them, Lord, in your great kingdom work uh, all across North America and all of our missionaries around the world, and especially Angela Dawson as we uplift her in prayer. So Father, lay your special blessings upon her and those missionaries as they're joining to worship this morning. We pray, God, that you'll provide opportunities as they share the gospel and continue to bless us, Lord, that we might be a blessing to them through remembering to pray for them as well as to give in our tithes and our offerings that will go to support those missionaries each and every Sunday. So bless us this morning, Lord, as we come to worship you. Lord, if we've come with burdens and cares this morning, may we lay them at the altar. And Father, I just pray that you will hear our prayers this morning, that you will speak to us through the songs that are sung, uh, as well as through the message that is brought this morning. We ask your blessings in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Well, let me just remind you of a couple of quick things here. Uh, we know that Vacation Bible School is already right around uh, the corner. Uh, so just want to remind you, if you've not signed up to volunteer, please see us today. Uh, there are sign there's a sign-up sheet on the board out in the hallway, uh, as well as if you are needing to pre-register, uh, that information is on our Facebook page, Instagram page, and our Twitter page. And it's not on YouTube because you can't click a link on YouTube. Uh, but it's there uh, for you to go ahead and pre-register. We have paper forms. If you want to do it old school way, those are out here in the hallway as well as on the table uh, out front as you leave. So be sure to go ahead and do that. Uh, we're already having people who are pre-registering on online uh, and it's a great way uh, that you can do that you can if you're on Instagram we can't click a link there but you can scan the QR code or type in the link uh, that is there so just wanted to make those things uh, aware to you and then also don't forget your giving uh, if you're there at home you can do that online uh, by going to our church website there at highlandbaptistchurch.com go to the far right hand side click the give online tab easy platform that you can set up your giving on a recurring gift or you can do it as a one-time you can designate it also you can even do that in person uh, if you forgot to bring your offering with you uh, this morning so I encourage you to take the time to do that 
We also have some other announcements uh, that will be going on a little bit later uh, at the end of the service. But we do want to recognize this morning, before we go further, uh, we want to recognize all of our mothers. So if you're here as a mother this morning, would you please stand where you are? Let's give our mothers a wonderful hand. Amen. We want to ask you to please stay standing for just a moment. We're going to have a special prayer uh, for you. Uh, you'll notice in the windowsills that there are some water bottles with some candy and things in them. I encourage you to pick up one of those in the windowsill. If you can't get to the windowsill, there will be some ushers at the back as you leave and this way as you leave too. So you can pick up that water bottle there. But let's go to the Lord in prayer for our mothers. We know that there are those who are, who are not here with us uh, that have gone on to be with the Lord. And, and many times Mother's Day can be uh, a burden on our hearts and in the missing of our mothers. Uh, some are not here because we're separated by distance uh, as, as mine is. And so uh, just want to encourage you to be praying for all of those this morning. So let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just want to come before you in prayer and ask you, Lord, to bless every mother and every grandmother uh, here this morning. Father, there are even godly women who are here who, though they may not be a mother physically, they are a mother spiritually uh, to many of us. And so, Father, we just ask your blessings upon each one of them. Lord, confirm in their hearts and their spirit uh, the work of their hands and the love that they have so freely given uh, to their children, uh, the children you placed under their care. Lord, I pray that you would uh, validate their worth daily uh, so that they have no reason to doubt uh, whether they're loved, uh, valued, or cherished. Help us, Lord, uh, as their children to always be sure, not just one day a year, but every day to remind them how much we appreciate them and how much we care for them. Lord, I pray that you would just whisper into the spirit of their hearts sweet words that they long to hear from you, uh, that nothing can ever separate them from your love. Father, I pray that uh, you, will sh you will encourage them in their hearts with the promises uh, of your word and help them to stand with faith uh, on the things you declare to them uh, that are true. Lord, we pray that you will bless them uh, as uh, that one day, Lord, they will be able to walk into your presence and hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So, Lord, I pray that you will uh, just let their joy be contagious. Father, let their passion be pure. Uh, let their life overflow with all the blessings that they deserve uh, on this special day and every day of their life. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. We want you to watch, you can be seated. Uh, we want you to watch this uh, little short video here about Mother's Day just to remind you of how important you are to us as your children. I'm a perfectionist, and so that's hard with kids. There's definitely days when I have my doubts about my abilities. I struggle with my temper. I struggle with, like, how I react with situations. I wish I knew how to, I guess, just calm myself before speaking to them. I wish I was better at taking time to sit down and just listen more to my child. I wish I was more confident in being a mom. I'm not the most patient person in the world. Patience. Patience is far and away probably the biggest struggle. I just want them to know just how much I love them.
My mom is totally awesome. She's fun to snuggle with. Pretty funny. She does cook a lot of food for me. She's just unique. That's why I love her so much. We go on dates together. Like, we go shopping. She loves me a lot. I have a lot of favorite things about my mom. We like to watch movies together and color and stuff. We go to church together, we volunteer together. She is like my heart, I guess you could say, because she's that close to me. My favorite thing is to jump on a trampoline with my mom. That's my most favorite thing to go up high. We like get ice cream or something and like you go to the nail salon and have fun. <laughs> My mommy's my hero. She's pretty and beautiful. She is my hero. She just will care about me and just always love me forever. She's the best. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> I always seem to focus mostly on the negative and I guess I can walk out here and say that I'm doing something great and that my child is viewing me in totally different lenses as I view myself. So that's, that's inspiring. This is my calling. This is my job. This is what I love to do and I will do it better and with love each and every day because those kids count on me and they love me for what I'm doing. Take your hymnals and turn to hymn number seven. Uh, sing with us as we praise the Lord by singing, Joyful, joyful, we adore thee.
And reminder that the uh, Children's Church will be gathering over here on the piano side. And we're going to sing a song now. And I told the choir when we were practicing it Wednesday night because it's not very familiar to a lot of us. In fact, Rima made mention this morning that it's actually a, a vacation Bible school song. But growing up in the Presbyterian Church, I didn't go to vacation Bible school. <laughs> I missed a blessing. Anyway, sing us, stand and sing with us as we sing. If I get the right number here. <clears throat> 492. And uh, I told the choir, too, that they would be going down on the last verse, so they're going to leave me up here singing this by myself. So you pray and you sing and do the best you can at praising the Lord as we sing. Purer in heart, O God. Ladies.
Amen. And that is our hope this morning that you indeed will come to the altar of Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 7 and verse 36 down through verse 50. And uh, as you're looking at this passage this morning, I want you to know that there are some things here that do apply for for Mother's Day. In fact, what we see uh, in this woman's life, I've entitled this message, Broken and Spilled Out. You can kind of get the idea of what this story uh, is going to be about. Uh, That there are some characteristics in this woman's life that ought to be in every woman's life and ought to be in our lives even today. So let's stand as we read God's Word in honor of His Word. We're just going to begin with verse 36. Luke 7 and verse 36. And one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to you in prayer this morning, Lord, I pray that this message will speak truth into our hearts, whether we are here as a mother or as a single woman, as uh, someone who's maybe not even a mother, uh, as we're here as fathers and, and children. Father, I pray that this message will speak truth to our lives, that we will see the grace of Jesus Christ. Lord, that we will see the mercy and the grace that this woman receives from Jesus and that we will see the picture of her expression of of sacrifice and love for Jesus that ought to be emulated in all of our hearts and our lives. So bless your word. May it be powerful. May it be alive. May it be sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, use it to bring us uh, closer to you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Let me just give you a little background for this passage. Back in the days of Jesus, there was this exclusive club, if you will, known as the Pharisees. Uh, And it was a big deal if you got to be invited to go and eat at the house of a Pharisee. Well, what we're looking at here is a a party at a Pharisee's house. A Pharisee threw this party for Jesus. uh, And this party turns out to be one of the greatest pictures of grace. And one of the things uh, that that made Jesus so fascinating that so many people, uh, to to so many people that you will ever see about him. And so today we're going to talk here uh, about about the Jesus full of grace. And interestingly, did you know that Jesus never said that word grace himself? You can look through all of his sayings, uh, and never once does he use that word grace. But yet Jesus oozed grace, if you will, uh, even though he never talked about it. In fact, the word grace appears only four times in the Gospels, and Jesus never used it. By the way, something else Jesus never said uh, to an individual was, I love you. Uh, I, don't, I don't have any doubt that Jesus loves us because we saw it and see it in his actions. Uh, so often our actions speak louder than our words. Uh, on the cross, uh, he died and gave himself for us and, and wrapped his arm around the entire world and gave a, a big I love you hug. So we don't have to guess whether Jesus loved us. And so even though he never said those words, I love you, and even though he may have never used the word grace, we see it emanating from him. Uh, and so uh, this, he, he shows it here at this party that we read about here in verse 36. It's been pointed out that there's kind of a, 
a little bit of a humor in this verse that we begin with. I, I mean, think about it. Here's a party that's hosted by who? A Pharisee. Now, Pharisees weren't the ones that you really wanted to go to a party with. Um, they were the ones uh, who, who were more strict in, in their beliefs. And so, uh, think about it. No music, no punch, no, no, no festive activities, no, definitely no pig in the blanket. Uh, who could wait to go to a party at the, at the Pharisee's house? Well, the guest list was most impressive. Because important men of the synagogue would be there. Simon, one of the leading Pharisees, uh, was was giving this big shindig because Jesus was the headliner. Uh, Everybody wanted to come see this young man from Galilee who overnight really uh, has become uh, the largest largest following uh, in all of Israel. Kind of like today if he had the largest following on social media. Uh, Everywhere he went, crowds mobbed him. Uh, We talked about that before. People would sit at his feet for hours just to listen to what he had to say. They would come to see those great miracles that he would perform. And here is Jesus who's coming to a Pharisee's house, to a Pharisee's party. And what you're going to read in these verses here in this story is going to show you a Jesus full of grace and why grace is so truly amazing. Here's the first thing I want you to see from these verses this morning is that grace receives us in our sin. Grace receives us in our sin. So get the picture of what's going on here. The party's going well, as we saw in verse 36. Everyone seems to be having a good time. Jesus is relaxed. All the guests are reclining on the floor, eating uh, there, which is the way people did back in that day. And then all of a sudden, all the talk stops... And every eye in the room is focused on one thing in a super awkward moment. Look at verse 37 and verse 38. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Wow. Everybody's eyes are focused on this woman. So here's this room that's filled with all of these religious leaders, all of these churchgoers, if you will, kind of like we're gathered here today. Uh, And and so uh, because of a woman, not just any woman, the Bible says, uh, what she did makes their chins uh, bounce off the floor and all over the room. Literally, it says she was a woman of the city, and then it says she was a sinner. More to the point, she was probably a prostitute. In every way imaginable, she came uh, from what we might have referred to in in older days, the wrong side of the tracks. She was in the lowest uh, of the low social and moral categories of the culture uh, of her day. Uh, You know, to be a tax collector was to be despised. Uh, A shepherd was a lowly position, and so was the prostitute. And she may have been corrupt and worldly, but notice here she wasn't a coward. 
She was literally walking, if you will, into the lion's den of people who are 180 degrees different than what she is. And, and they're ready to eat her alive, but nothing or no one could stop her or keep her from Jesus. Everything that she had been taught, everything that she had been told about herself said that she wasn't welcome here. Not only in this house, but in particular in the presence of Jesus. Nobody had to tell her what she was or what she had done. She knew. She knew who she was. But there was an obvious assumption here that this woman had seen Jesus before. She had maybe even listened to Jesus before. She had probably watched him before. And evidently what he said and what he had done had radically changed her life. And, and the first time she ever heard Jesus uh, speak uh, her words, she had never heard before. Even though he never used the word, he heard it clearly. He, she heard about his grace. When he walked by, she smelled grace. When she looked at him, she saw grace. When she touched him, she felt grace. And even though everything and everyone in this room was screaming out loud, even if they weren't saying it verbally, they were saying it by their body language, you're not welcome here. Here was Jesus, though, who obviously had a welcome smile across his face. He didn't look at her uh, with lust. He looked at her with love. What was on his mind was not her guilt. What was on his mind was his grace. And what happens next is more than shocking. She begins to weep uncontrollably, and these rivers of tears are falling from this woman's face, and, 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 and they're falling on the feet of Jesus as she's up close around his feet there. And she undoes her hair, and she begins to wash his feet with her hair. Then she begins to kiss his feet and then pours, breaks open that alabaster box of perfume and pours it on her feet. Just get the scene in your mind. It's a little bit awkward. She's throwing all caution to the wind. She doesn't care anymore what people say about her or know about her or how they look at her. You see, in those days, women always wore their hair up in public. For a woman to wear her hair down in front of a man that was not her husband, it was considered to be such an intimate expression that even in, a, even in that kind of relationship there, it would be an expression of sexual temptation and, and grounds for divorce. And as you know, even, that's even true in parts of the Middle East today. And then this prostitute, this woman of the city, she dares to touch Jesus and to kiss his feet. The cultural standards of that day would have expected Jesus to be embarrassed, to, to react, to, to say something to her, to, to address her and say, stop, stop doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. But her act of love is met with his act of grace. And by now, Simon has seen enough. Simon has heard enough, and he's had enough. 
Nobody's saying anything. So notice what verse 39 says. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Now we're going to see in just a moment that Jesus was full aware who this woman was. Uh, he, he knew she was a sinner. He knew exactly what kind of woman she was and what kind of sinner she was. But what was tragic is, is that Simon didn't realize the real problem. The problem wasn't that she was a sinner and Jesus didn't know it. The problem was he was a sinner and he didn't know it. Why do we think that sin disqualifies us from the grace of God. I mean, you hear people say it from time to time. I've just done too many terrible things. There's no way God could love me with what I've done. Let me tell, let you in on a little secret. Sin is the only thing that qualifies us for the grace of God. You don't give up your sin and then receive God's grace. You receive God's grace and then you have the power to give up your sin. Grace receives us in our sin. In other words, we don't clean ourselves up. God does it from the inside out. If we're doing it from the outside in, we're just trying to conform to the things of this world. So, so know there that, that grace receives us in our sin. But here's the second point I want you to see. Grace rescues us from our sin. I want you to skip down a few verses, if you will, down to verse 44. Jesus tells a story here. We'll get back to it in, in a moment. But he gives this scathing indictment of Simon. Notice what verse 44 says. Then, so after he's finished telling this story that we're going to come back to in a moment, he turns toward the woman. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. He says, You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, he knew, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. So to understand how Simon had just come to be called on the carpet, you have to go back again to that culture of that day because in the Middle East, hospitality was a big deal. They knew what Southern hospitality was before there was ever a South. And so there's this tension in the room, not just because of what just happened, but also because of what had not happened. So when Jesus entered this house, all of the traditional courtesies that any guest would expect weren't there. It was absent. Uh, all the customary greetings that an honored guest would have been uh, given, a kiss on one cheek or on both cheeks, uh, was missing. Uh, to refuse to kiss someone was, in effect, ignoring them. 
And that's in essence what has happened as Jesus has come into this man's house. There was no greeting. There was no uh, kiss on the cheek. There was no expression uh, of their love by, by washing his feet as he had come from the outside to the inside. And then think about this. The guests would have been seated on stools around uh, sort of a U-shaped couch. And, and before a meal was eaten, the hands and the feet would be washed with a mixture of water and olive oil. To honor your guests, you would wash their feet and hands. And if you didn't want to do it yourself, you would have your servant uh, do it. Uh, but there's been no washing of Jesus' feet. There's been no washing of hands. There's been no kiss on the face. He's actually been treated rudely and had every right to have gotten angry and turned around and walked out the door. But again, here's the irony. Even though they should have showed him grace and didn't, he showed them all grace. So go back to when this woman began crying. She was crying for at least a couple of reasons. On the one hand, she realizes she's a sinner. She's not even worthy to be in the presence of Jesus. And on the other hand, she realizes that everybody else in that room wasn't worthy to be in his presence either. And she saw how he had been humiliated, how he had been treated, how he had been rejected. And this woman was crying first for the gladness for the way that Jesus had treated her, but also out of sadness for the way they had treated him. And Jesus did something else that is really shocking when you think about it. And I don't want you to miss the irony of what's going on here. Think about this. Remember, Simon is a Pharisee. He's a, a biblical scholar. He knows the Old Testament. He spent his life studying the scriptures. And by the time he would have been 12 years old, he would have memorized the first 12 books of the Old Testament. By the time he was 15, he would have memorized the entire Old Testament. He had memorized in that more than, four, more than 300 prophecies about the Messiah that was going to come. But he still doesn't even realize that the one who is standing right there before him, the one who has unwashed feet and an unkissed face is this very same Messiah. The one who should have recognized Jesus didn't. And the one who shouldn't have did. Do you know what was the difference? G Simon wanted to put Jesus in his place. This woman wanted to thank Jesus for his grace. And then Jesus says these stinging words to Simon. L look at it again in verse 47. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. That would have been fine and that would have set well, but notice that next phrase. He says, but he who is forgiven little loves little. Now notice what Jesus said there. This woman didn't, didn't wash Jesus' feet, nor did she kiss his feet, hoping to receive forgiveness. She didn't come thinking, Jesus, if I do this, will you do that? And yet so often that's the way we come to the Lord. We come, Lord, if, if you would just uh, scratch my back, if, you would, if you'll just answer this prayer that I have, then I'll serve you, then I'll follow you. This woman doesn't come that way. Notice she doesn't come uh, hoping to receive forgiveness. 
She did it because she's been forgiven. She didn't know the word grace, but she had experienced the power of grace. And then, if you will, uh, you, you notice here uh, the, the mic drop occurs with Jesus' next words in verse 48. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Now notice what Jesus said. This simple sentence of four words, but an eternal life changer. Words that this lowly woman of the city thought she would never hear. But she heard it from the only one who could mean it and make it stick. That's what grace does. It doesn't just receive us in our sin. It rescues us from our sin. So whenever you hear those words, your sins are forgiven, that is grace talking. Notice the third point this morning, that grace releases us from our sin. Grace releases us from our sin. So go back to the little story, the little parable, if you will, that Jesus tells in verse 40 to verse 43. Now Simon, he didn't even know, he, he didn't know what had hit him, but this was really the key to the story. It allowed Jesus to put him, if you will, in his place. And so notice verse 40. And Jesus answering <coughs> said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. So the story is very simple. Uh, there were two men who owed a debt. One man's debt was ten times the other man's debt. But the truth is, <clears throat> neither one of them could pay their debt. Not the one who owed the 500, <clears throat> not the one who owed the 50. And so what Jesus was saying to Simon and what he's saying to all of us is that there may be people who are out there who are ten times the sinner that you are. And we may think that we're ten times better than the people out there. But the truth is this, we're all sinners in need of a Savior. We're all spiritually bankrupt. We owe a sin debt that not a single one of us who are here this morning could ever pay. If, if you were the pope or a pastor or, or a prostitute or a liar or a thief, when it comes to sin, we are all bankrupt. We are all broke. Here's the kicker. She could see her sin. Simon couldn't see his. In the mirror she saw just how bad she was. When Simon looked in the mirror, he saw how good I am. Randy Alcorn has said this, the worst thing we can teach people is that they're good without Jesus. The fact is, 
God doesn't offer grace to good people any more than doctors offer life-saving surgery to healthy people. Never believe anything about yourself or God that makes His grace to you seem anything less than amazing because that's exactly what it is. His grace is amazing. It's one thing to think you don't deserve grace. By the way, you don't. Not a one of us here that deserve God's grace. It's another thing to think you don't need grace. By the way, you do. Two people at this party couldn't have been more different. Everybody was looking up to Simon. Everybody was looking down on her. He was a respected leader in the synagogue, and she was a scorned woman of the city. He made a living teaching the law. She made a living breaking the law. He was respected, and she was rejected. But they were both sinners who equally needed the grace of God. If you don't get anything else from this message this morning, please get this. It's only when you see that your goodness is worthless that you'll see that God's grace is priceless. You'll never see how great a Savior Jesus is until you see how great a sinner you are. So what should we do in light of this message? What then is our next step? Well, let me encourage you to take just a moment and to start seeing things differently, specifically three things. First of all, see yourself the way you really are. You know, so often in life, we want to make ourselves in the image of some ideal, whether it's the Ken or, or Barbie, we want to make ourselves look like that in life. We want to see that we're just perfect. There's nothing wrong with me. It's always somebody else that has the problems. But what we need to begin to do, if we really want to address the problem, is to see ourselves for who we really are. We're just like everyone else, a sinner in need of grace. A second thing we need to do is we need to see others the way they are. No more worse than you, no more better than you. Yet so often, we want to make ourselves feel better, so we put somebody else down. Well, at least I'm not like her, or at least I'm not like him. The third thing we need to make sure we do is this. We need to see Jesus the way he is. He is always full of grace, the grace that we all fully need. Listen to how this story concludes in verse 49 and verse 50. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sin? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Jesus made it very plain in those words that both lawmakers and lawbreakers are equally in need of the grace and forgiveness of God. And that's true no matter where you are, whether you're, whether you're liberal or conservative, 
whether you're straight or you're gay, you're married or you've been divorced many times, or you're an alcoholic or a teetotaler, you're righteous or unrighteous, you're good or you're bad, you're religious or you're not. We all need the grace of God. You know, we're never told what this woman's name was in this passage. I don't know what it was before she met Jesus. But I have a feeling that after she met Jesus, she probably felt like her name was Grace because of the grace she had received. I don't know about you, but I thank God for the godly mother, the godly grandmother that I had, full of grace because they know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. If you're here as a mother this morning, I want to encourage you, make sure that you've received the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you're, no matter where you are in your spiritual walk, no matter where you are in society, you're, you're the high elite or, or you're the lowest person or, or maybe you feel like you're better than everybody else or you feel like you're worse than everybody else, know this, God's grace is there for you. And when you receive that grace, that grace begins to flow out of you. That forgiveness begins to flow out of you. Just like it did for this woman who acted sacrificially and broke this alabaster box of ointment out and poured it over the feet of Jesus. And she began to cry and weep tears on his feet and began to wipe his feet with her hair. What an expression of grace that we all ought to have. And the only way for us to have that is to know Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have shown us your grace and your mercy in spite of ourselves. Lord, that there's not a one of us who are here this morning, there's not a one of us who is watching online who is worthy to receive your grace. But out of your love for us, even though we are yet sinners, you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. And he willingly gave himself. And Father, I pray that this morning we have seen that in the gospel message that you love us and you care for us. No matter what we think about ourselves, no matter what others think about ourselves, your grace is there for us this morning. And Father, I pray that we would reach out and we would receive that free gift of eternal grace and mercy. Father, I pray that you would help us to live for you and to trust in you and to follow you all the days of our life as you save us. Father, I pray that we would call out to you and say, God, I know, I know who I am. I know I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I come before you this morning to say, here am I, Lord take me. Come into my life and save me. And, and I, I turn away from my sin. I repent of it. And I turn to follow you, Lord. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. Father, I pray this morning that we would receive that grace. Lord, we thank you for the mothers who have shown us that grace and, and that mercy all throughout the years. Uh, Father, I thank you for godly mothers who are present here this morning. Lord, there's some of us who maybe don't have our mothers or our grandmothers, those who were influential in our lives with us anymore. But these who are gathered here are our spiritual mothers. And Father, I pray that they will know how much we love them, how much we care for them. 
And Lord, that we would show them that appreciation. Father, I pray for your blessings upon us as believers this morning. Father, that we would realize that what you have given us is precious. And Lord, may we never cheapen that grace in our lives by the way we live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand, as we sing our hymn of invitation number 275, I surrender all. Will you make your way and come as the Lord lays on your heart? sit back down in just a second but miss Kay uh, Fox came last Sunday night uh, to join our church uh, through believers baptism and we're gonna be baptizing her next Sunday but we wanted to share that with you this morning uh, for so many of you have seen her and come to know her and we want you to come by and to welcome her into our fellowship uh, and so we're so glad for her decision that came last Sunday night she'll be back up here after uh, we do the announcements. so brother Steve if you'll come Good morning. Uh, Ms. Rima has an announcement first. Happy Mother's Day. Just want to encourage you to take um, the brochure that was in our insert today in our morning's worship bulletin about uh, Life Choices uh, Pregnancy Center. Uh, from today, Mother's Day through Father's Day, we're encouraged um, to take a baby bottle it has our church's name on it. Uh, we ask you to put in your loose change. If you don't use change, put in dollar bills, $5, 20s, whatever. But we'll be collecting. Keep them at your house if you would. Uh, and as we approach Father's Day, then we'll have a collection time for that. It's a wonderful local ministry that we can support uh, through the year and especially during their baby bottle campaign. So grab a bottle as you leave today. There's some up here on our stage and also at the door as you exit. So thank you very much. Thank you, Ms. Uh, just a 
couple other quick announcements. Just want a reminder that uh, due to Mother's Day and uh, we won't have an evening service tonight. So spend some time with your mothers. Uh, if you haven't talked to them yet, uh, call them. If there's others, it's been like mothers to you. In my life, I had several women. It was very special to me. And uh, so if you haven't talked to them, reach out to them. They'd love to hear from you. It's great to see Brother Charles Saunders with us today. Glad to have you back. Give a chance to talk to him. And it's always good to see uh, several others back, came back to be with your, your mothers, Roger, Kim, and I know I'm going to miss out on some of you, so. But it's great to have you all back. Uh, a few other quick things. Prime Timers Lunch will be this Tuesday at 12.30. If you haven't signed up yet, there's a list out on the board. I believe it's lasagna and, and salad and cake catered from Gondola. So please sign up today or, or let Brother Jim know. Um, we've got several uh, camps coming up uh, for our Central Kids. Uh, we've got a fundraiser breakfast next uh, Sunday morning. Uh, got a fundraiser for our youth and a barbecue on the 22nd. So uh, support them activities. Uh, let's see. And then also Matt has asked me to mention that uh, if there's anybody that is graduating or will be graduating that you'd like to rec uh, recognize, Please uh, see Brother Matt or Amy uh, by the 13th. Is that the correct? Okay. So we want to include all of them to recognize them. I mean, if they can't be here, we'd like to know about it and recognize them. Uh, VBS is coming up the first part of June. Uh, I think we still could use a few more workers. There's a place for everybody, even a place for me. So please uh, see Amanda Monroe, uh, Jim or Matt. It's a, it's a great uh, great way to, to to be with the kids and uh, minister to them. And unless there's any other announcements that anybody would know about, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you for today. Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for bringing us all together. Lord, we're just so thankful for the the women that has meant so much in our lives. And Lord, we just want to be in prayer for all, all the mothers, the expectant mothers, those who have just been like a mother to us. Just be with each and every one of them. Lord, we're just so thankful for the love that they've given us. And Lord, we're just so thankful for this church, all that it has provided for us, all the activities, the youth, and our pastor and Matt and Mike and the leadership and, and everyone who is so involved with the activities. Lord, we just, just are so thankful, and we just pray for each and every one of them and lift them up. Father, as we go down to this day, we just, we just hope, Lord, that as we go out this week that others might see us through you, and, and Father, that you'd forgive us when we fail you. Father, we're so blessed for Kay and her coming forward and to be a part of this church and her baptism next week. Lord, as we go now, we just thank you for all that you do. We love you, and just forgive us when we fail thee. These things we ask in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Mothers, don't forget your... Pick up your... Uh...